Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. Drink their beer. We recommend Golsh. It's fantastic. Golsh, yes. It's been a while, I must admit. It's been a little while since I've been down there. we got to schedule one of these Unnamed Soccer Podcasts for Chula Vista. Go put some south in our mouth. Uh, we have new equipment with the podcast. Yeah. We are very mobile now. We can be anywhere you want to be. We can be at a brewery. We can go to a beach. We can like go it. camping. We I can like just we just gotta coordinate the schedules. The Jeep. Yeah. We uh, my schedule is is pretty open. By the way, might I start this podcast by saying as we're welcoming in a new soccer club, SD Loyal, which we've talked about, we're welcoming in a manager, Landon Donovan, officially announced as at the time of this recording, it is ten twelve on Thursday morning, November 14th. The press conference started 14 minutes ago on the campus of the University of San Diego, which is where SD Loyal will play its USL matches starting in March of 2020. We welcome in a new club. We welcome in a new manager, Landon Donovan, which yeah, we've talked about for a really, really long time. I think he actually said it first on this podcast that his intentions were to manage. I asked a question about where will you be when this club launches, thinking he might say player, since he just played for the indoor soccer team in town, the Soccers. He said, oh, if everything works out well, I'll be the manager. Well, he's being introduced as the manager today. But what else are we welcoming into this world, Jordan? A new baby! What? 2020. I didn't know we were going to start here. Yes. I guess this is public, right? The wife, well, you tell me. Is Instagram public or not? <laughs> no, my, I mean, it's on Instagram, so I felt safe bringing it up on a podcast. Yeah, I guess my wife put it to Instagram, so I guess it's public. I guess it's safe. My wife, by the way, who is not at the iHeart Studios, she's working from home today. Nice. And uh, I'm the one at the iHeart Studios. It's right. weird. I was the one who went to her work today, and she okay. stayed home. Well, we anyway, might have to make that trade in a couple of months. Uh, you know that trip to Italy we yeah. went to? Yeah. We came home with, uh, with something else. <laughs> with a baby! Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes, I was, I was, was thrilled uh, to see the news. This was planned. This was a very exciting thing. And uh, we found out not too long ago. So By very the way, excited that want, it's public. If, well, if you want to edit this out, you're no, in complete you, you, control you of it. this podcast. So you can edit this out. But I thought since it went public via Instagram, yes. that it was at least fair to, to you know yeah. let your podcast family know what was going on. This Thank didn't you. make the unnamed soccer podcast Instagram page. This just made the private page of Mrs. Carruth. Yes, it, it, it is public. Thank you. We are very excited. A uh, a little local on the way for 2020. A uh, future loyal nice. on the way for 2020. And uh, who knows? Maybe a uh, Christian Pulisic Jr. I don't know. Maybe. I don't uh, well, know. I, well, I don't know what went on in Italy, if that's the case. But, hey, I'm just glad to hear the news. The I'm name, Darren. You both. The name. I'm thrilled for you. Well, you threw the junior in there, so I wasn't sure about that. It'd be a good time, by the way. A couple of months ago, it wasn't so great to be Christian Pulisic Jr. Today, yeah, because of people like you just attacking him at yeah, any moment. I was moment. attacking the manager. Jeez, imagine if you had this sort of production coming from Pulisic from the start of the season. Although, I will say, everything seems to have calmed down, smoothed out. Chelsea finds itself in a very good position. This so. is what I've learned. This is it's going really well for Pulisic, and this is going to be the reaction when it's going very well for a lot of fans. It's like, well, at least you would if you play them. This is what you always would have would always have. Mm-hmm. Well, it's we need to be happy for Pulisic. Pulisic is killing it with right. Chelsea, and I'm and glad. It's very I'm even, exciting. I'm even glad he didn't come to the states to play against Canada. I'm just saying, if we have a son, I'm naming him Christian Pulisic. That's my point. And if we're having a girl, it's Christina Pulisic. I like that. <laughs> Christina, Pulisic, Carruth.
<laughs> no, we've actually talked about uh, a couple names, and it's unfortunate that I do a soccer podcast because part of when I think about it is like, oh, well, there is a player who plays like in Spain with that name. Is like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because maybe that person plays for a club that Darren hates or loves. I don't know. That's. There's this weird factor as we start to go through the name progression. Anyway, we don't need to start there. We don't need to go with all that. The news of the day. Landon Donovan is the head coach of SD Loyal. Gee, I don't know. I thought we broke this news back in, uh, I don't, what was it, June during the Women's World Cup when Landon Donovan sat down with us in person and told us he plans on being the head coach. He just has to take some classes. Yeah, it was weird because he put it out there publicly on the podcast and then it seemed like everything sort of went under this veil of secrecy. And then you'd be like, oh, Landon, how's it going with the the managerial certification? He's like, whoa, whoa, what? What are you talking about? And you know, you'd bring up like, "Oh, Landon, what do you think? You're going to be the coach when you do radio interviews?" You'd be like, "What? What? I don't know. We got to wait and see what happens with that." So it felt like it, it sort of you know came out of the gates and then got reeled back in, which made you think a little bit like, "Hmm, I don't. What's is something amiss here? Is he having reservations? Is he having second thoughts? Is the club having second thoughts?" Because you know, again, this is people will say, "Well, it's just it's just just loyal. It's just USL soccer. What's the big deal?" But you know, it's a club that that you know you wanted to make a good first impression, you know, and having some confusion or a little bit of uh, chaos with the manager spot from a guy who's an owner, who's uh, a general manager, sort of, and and then you know, having him in and out or committed, not committed to be the manager of the club, you know, that could set it off on a bad note, and if you get bad results, and then all of a sudden, you know, people start drifting away from it. So, you know, I, I thought it was a bit of a risk from him. Um, it's something I've talked about with Landon. I guess it's fair to, to bring it up since the press conference has already happened. I talked a little bit about that opinion that, that, you know, that, that, that cliche, but you know, that great players don't make for great coaches or managers. And he said, he's thought a lot about that. He's investigated that. There's a great story by Doug McIntyre at Yahoo sports. We're going to talk to Doug on the podcast here in a moment. But I've asked him about that, and you know what he told me? He said, playing in Mexico, he said a couple of things. So, great player, maybe the best player the U.S. has ever produced for now. Until baby Christina Pulisic, Carruth, comes out. So, he said a couple of things. He said, number one, getting left off the 2014 World Cup roster. You know, as disappointing as it was, mentally, he's compartmentalized it, turned it into something positive. Playing in Mexico at León where it didn't quite go the way he thought, and then playing for the San Diego Soccers, an indoor soccer club, that he was left on the bench for the entire fourth quarter of a playoff game has given him perspective from the bench, not playing, not being included in 2014, not being a regular minutes starter for Leon, and then right, Leon, and then and the soccer's situation has just given him perspective. That it, you know, he it wasn't just great player, great player, great player, retire, go to coaching. So it's given him a little bit of, of perspective that he really does believe will help him in this endeavor. Yeah, and then you can throw into the mix that it's also included in Doug's story that he comes from a family of teachers. Mm-hmm. So you also have that factor as well, the environment he grew up in. So the big question for Landon going in, and it that that is the press conference today. Landon Donovan will be named the manager and executive VP of soccer operations for USL San Diego, SD Loyal. That's the official announcement today. The sto- the question for Landon is: It's a first year club. It's a it's a startup club. Is he going to be an effective manager? That's the big story. That's what everyone wants to talk about, and everyone will have different opinions about it. But I think one of the most important things for Landon Donovan, especially at the USL level, and for any manager at the USL level, is he has a lot of really good connections with other players, which I think is a very important part. It's not just 
the X's and O's and coming up with a strategy every single Saturday and trying to go on and and win the Open Cup or or win the USL Championship. A lot of this is creating a roster, especially for a first-year club that has to throw together a roster from scratch. Right, on an accelerated timeline, remember? Because mm-hmm. the idea was 2020, 2021, and they knew 2020 was, hey, we got to put our foot on the gas here. We might, you know, I don't not cut corners necessarily, but things need to be done in a quicker way than if we had planned it out for an extra year, which you know a lot of people suggested maybe they should have. If you're hesitant about Landon Donovan being a first-time manager, I would say that's not the only responsibility that a manager has. He also has a, have to have a lot of relationships with players. I know he's been traveling around looking to bring in players, recruiting guys to come to San Diego and selling San Diego and selling the club and selling the coaching staff and the environment that's going to happen. So it, it, it's just one thing if you do have questions about it. But today is the official uh, press conference. So Landon Donovan, a National Soccer Hall of Famer, part of the ownership group, is the head coach. Uh, we find out that Carrie Taylor will be an assistant coach. Carrie Taylor, an assistant coach. She played collegiately at Michigan. She has a lot of coaching experience. Uh, Carrie Taylor, if you've been around the soccer community here in San Diego for the past couple of years, you definitely know Carrie's name. So that is being announced today. Also, Hall of Famer Shannon McMillan, a World Cup and Olympic champion. She will serve as an advisor to the club. A a lot of big names with a USL club, which is also uh, very exciting from a fan perspective. Yeah, I think so, uh, especially from a local San Diego perspective with Shannon Mack, who's a Hall of Famer. It's interesting. You know, I was hosting an event. You just brought it back to, to the memory. You just brought it the memory back. I was hosting an event where Landon and Shannon McMillan were honored here in San Diego at an event called Taste at the Cove. And Carrie was there as well. So it's like the three of them were sitting together. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if they knew now, like way back then, <laughs> that this is what their future was going to hold. So, yeah, I still think, you know, you're going to need somebody, you know, with professional coaching experience on this staff. I know Doug McIntyre has written uh, a little bit about where he's going to turn just to get somebody with experience, a little bit of a, a been there, done that kind of attitude, you know, which uh, which is only going to be beneficial. Uh, but um, with that said, Doug McIntyre at yahoosports.com has a uh, very behind-the-scenes look. He was contacted by Landon over the weekend right before MLS Cup and said, hey, you got to be in Seattle? I'm going to be in Seattle. Why don't we sit down and shoot the breeze? Doug McIntyre's like, what does Landon want to talk about? So uh, let us talk with Doug McIntyre from Yahoo Sports. Doug, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate the time, especially as the news breaks. I guess my first question to you is, what was your initial reaction when you found out that Landon Donovan was set to be the head coach of the new USL side here in Southern California? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I'm not, not surprised that, that Landon has stayed in soccer. We've seen that it's been uh, been hard for him to get away. He's retired and unretired three times. And then, of course, uh was involved in the bid to get an MLS expansion team in your fair city there. And, and uh, we've known since uh, earlier this year that he was uh, a co-owner of the USL team and that didn't work. So um, he's certainly been involved, but I, I was surprised that he decided to coach the team himself for a few reasons. First of all, he's, he's the, um, the director of player personnel for the team. He's basically the general manager and that's a big job. Um, even at the even at the second tier level, um, and, and in some ways it can be more more of a big job than he, than at the MLS level because you have uh, you have less support staff typically. Um, so to to take on the head coaching responsibilities as well, it's it's a big job. And Lennon had pretty consistently said over the course of his playing career that he really wasn't interested in coaching 
at the pro level. He, he enjoys working with young people. He enjoys working with kids. He'd helped out with the United States under 20 teams uh, at a World Cup uh, a few a few years ago, and um, it, it seemed like that would be his path. So I think like a lot of people, I was surprised, but uh, Todd Donovan, one of, one of his old, uh, one of Landon's old teammates, both with the San Jose Earthquakes and Los Angeles Galaxy, when I spoke to him for, for the story, he said, you know, you never know what's going to happen with Landon, and, and that's really true. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've seen him do a lot of things that other people wouldn't do, whether it was staying in MLS when he, he clearly could have been not just a um, a solid player in Europe, but a star player in Europe. And uh, we, we saw him take time off from the sport, which athletes just don't do usually. You know, he took a sabbatical and, and missed a bunch of World Cup qualifiers um, back in 2013, which ultimately contributed him not to, to him not uh, making the World Cup team in 2014. So I was a bit surprised, but I've also learned, having covered Landon through a, a lot of his career uh, with the national team and, and also in MLS, not to be surprised about anything he, he does. And, and um, I, you know, I, I think that he has some some qualities that would that, that could make him a very successful coach. And whether that actually comes to pass, I'm not sure. But it was really a perfect storm. He is, He's put down roots in San Diego. As you guys know, uh, he loves the city. He's not the sort of guy that, that wants to move around the world. We saw that with his MLS career where he really wanted to stay in sort of Southern California area where he's from. So this was, uh, this was an ideal situation for him that he, that he could get involved with. And, uh, and he's taken it. And like a lot of people, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how he does with it. Doug, you have the behind-the-scenes details. Outside of Landon's unpredictability, which you just chronicled there, which everybody's aware of, was there something or somebody or some series of events that convinced him to give this a shot with this club? I'm not sure exactly. I mean, obviously he's in, he was in charge of, of leading a coaching search, and, uh, and I think it was just a matter of him wanting to give this a try, thinking that maybe he could do it himself and and he's a very methodical person and and he he took his time he did his due diligence he talked to a lot of people and i asked him we had talked to and this this actually didn't really make it into the stories some of it did but the 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 people he spoke to were interesting he he was speaking to college soccer assistant coaches and and goalkeeper coaches for mls clubs in addition to a lot of folks that uh, had experience in the lower leagues in, in the in the U.S., so he really wanted to find out before he committed to it uh, what the job would entail, and uh, and he did that, and he had to make a decision. I think it was back in August um, whether or not he wanted to pursue a, a coaching license. You have to have a, a certain you know certain credentials in order to be a professional coach. He's working towards those now, and that that was really the turning point where he had to make a decision one way or the other whether he was going to do this. So um, he decided to do it, and, and he appears to be all in. So, uh, again, you know, it's um, it's going to be really curious to see how it works out. Doug, in your story, and again, you can find the story on Yahoo Sports, it, it sounds like you just saw Landon Donovan in Seattle not too long ago. In the story, you talk about a uh, a, a glass of scotch that Landon Donovan had. We, we've gotten to know Landon a little bit. We've seen him drink some apple juice from time to time. Can you tell us uh, about your, your sit-down with Landon and your big, biggest takeaway from your experience with that not too long ago? Yeah, so it was uh, it was an MLS MLS Cup weekend. Landon texted me the week before and and asked me if I was going to be in Seattle. And of course, uh, I was going to be there for for MLS Cup last Sunday. And we, we met um, at his hotel the night before the match. 
sat down. Definitely wasn't apple juice in his glass. Um, uh, you know, I smelled it. He he offered me a drink. He pointed out that he has three young children at home, and and uh, and you know the opportunity to to have a, an adult beverage was uh, was something that that he enjoyed when he had a little bit of uh, rare time on his own, which he's obviously not getting uh, these days. He's got three kids, four years old and under. So um, uh, so yeah, he he came in and and like I described in the story, I mean the same same Landon that uh, that we know and love. He, he's in terrific shape. Looks like he could still play. Um, was playing indoor soccer there in San Diego with the soccer's um, earlier this year. So, you know, it's funny when he when he first texted me and um, he was he was pretty coy. He didn't say what he wanted to talk about. He just asked if we could meet. And uh, you know, I said what's up, and he kind of didn't answer. And uh, and I said, you know, of course, I'm, I'm always happy to meet you anytime. And um, and I asked if if he was planning another comeback. <laughs> you know, kind of tongue in cheek. I didn't really think that's what it was. Um, but I thought it's inter- it was interesting, and, and, and Grant Wall of Sports Illustrated broke the story. And uh, and in his story and in his tweet, he, he had to kind of point out or, or, or clarify or say that, you know, Lennon's not playing this time. He's not going to be a player manager. He's uh, he's just managing. So in a funny way, it's uh, it's almost an, it's, he's almost announcing his retirement by, by making this, uh, this, this decision. I mean, that's it. I don't think there's a... Uh, another chance for him to go back. But as I said before, and as you guys know, he's unpredictable. So, you know, if uh, his team has, has injuries or they need some goals, you know, if he if he comes out of retirement for a match or two, I don't think that'll happen, but I certainly wouldn't put money against it because you never know what's signing Donovan. Doug, I think it's interesting what you said, that he really canvassed uh, a, a wide range of people at the collegiate level, at the lower levels, as if to you know to not get caught by surprise, managing at the USL yeah. level, I'm guessing, is a lot different than his experiences in MLS or his experiences in Europe or wherever. So I, I think that that's interesting that that you know it doesn't sound like he wanted anything to take him by surprise and do his due diligence about what what life was like at the lower levels, which is something that we don't often associate with Landon Donovan. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, it is very it is very different. I think it's going to be a different experience for him. He he's made the point, and and it, it, with with the some of the advice he received, that the, the stuff that really seemed to to, to um, he, you know the, the points that were driven home to him were, uh, and I spoke to some other people just asking what he could expect, and I think this goes for any level. You're you're almost only as good as the people you have around you. Mm-hmm. He he, it was exceptionally important to him that he had he had a good a good staff, especially if he was going to wear the two hats as as the, uh, the 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 GM and, and and coach or manager and uh and and player personnel director whatever whatever titles you want to give those things but they're two big jobs and in order to do both well he's going to need a lot of support and and particularly on the training field I mean when you're when you have a bunch of young guys the you know that are in their twenties and and every day you walk in they're they're looking at you for leadership and they're they're expecting um you know they're expecting you to be engaged and be fresh. And all those things, and if you're not, they're going to notice, and and it's it's pretty easy to to lose a room of professional athletes if you're not prepared. So uh, he really talks about that part of it, about making sure that he was delegating responsibilities to his, his staff, um, and an interesting staff. And I'm sure there'll be some details released uh, in the press conference that's going to going to happen uh, just to, in a little bit. It'll be uh, for for your listeners, most of them anyway. It'll be after that that, that it's already come out. That um, a lot of his staff, the majority of his staff, is female. He's got a he's got a female uh, number two assistant. They're still in the process of hiring a, a number one assistant. And, and Landon, uh, what, one of the things I thought was really interesting when I asked him, you know, about some of the candidates, one guy he mentioned was Demarcus Beasley, 
uh, as a possibility. Beasley and Donovan obviously go way back all the way to the uh, under-17 U.S. team um, that uh, did so well in a World Cup 20 years ago and really catapulted those guys into the national consciousness, got them on the full national team, and they were playing in the, in the Men's World Cup a few years later. And, uh, but, but he came to the conclusion that as much as there would be a comfort level with a former teammate, um, and certainly him and Beasley have a, a special relationship and a special friendship, but he, he determined that he needed someone that had some experience since he doesn't. So uh, I, I think you'll be looking to see a hire uh, as a number one assistant, a deputy, a guy that can, can really help show him the ropes as a number two. And uh, I would think that we'll, uh, we'll get that announcement in, in the not-too-distant future. Any, any hints, any, any candidates out there that you'd feel comfortable tossing around with us? I would love to, guys, but I got to tell you. I mean, I pressed Landon. I pressed Landon a couple times on it, and, and he didn't bite. He's a savvy guy, and he doesn't doesn't let up, let on much um, when he doesn't want to. He plays plays things pretty pretty tight to the vest. So I don't know. Um, I, I really have no idea. I'm cu- as curious to find out as, as, as you guys are, and uh, we'll we'll find out soon enough. I'm sure. Did you get the sense? I mean, he's been you know, just on the ground here in San Diego, Doug. We've seen how much of his time and energy he's invested in trying to bring pro soccer to the city, which I think is greatly appreciated by all the soccer fans and the sports fans in in the in the city. Didn't work with MLS. Here he is. He went back to it with USL. So you know, I don't think his his motivation should be questioned in any capacity. But I think it's a, a you know a logical question to ask, and and we'll ask him later. But do you get the sense that this is a, a means to an end for him? And you know, does he see perhaps success at the U.S. level translating into managing at the MLS level or with the national team? Did you know that that seems yeah. like it's a natural thing to ask? But I also know that he's really, really focused on what's going on here in town right now. Well, I did. I did ask him that question, and it's um, it, his answer. His answer was interesting. So. Again, you know, he he doesn't want to be a guy that's chasing jobs all around the world, and coaches have to be nomads. Um, we saw even today Thierry Henry announced as the, the coach of the, the Montreal Impact in MLS. So coaches have to be able to have the ability to move around. There's not a lot of jobs out there, and at this stage of his life, he, he really doesn't want to do that. That said, he's a, he's a, uh, a competitive guy. And, and, you know, so when I asked him that question, the, the answer was, Something along the lines, and this didn't make it into the story, by the way. I mean, there's, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot that didn't actually, the 2,000-word almost story, and, and there's always uh, intriguing stuff left on the, the cutting room floor, so I'm ex- excited to give a little bit of insight to you guys. But he, he basically says, you know, look, I, we're, I'm, I'm human. I'm a competitor. Of course I dream one day of coaching the national team, although he said maybe not right now. The national team not in a very good uh, good spot. They're facing a must-win game against Canada tomorrow night down in Orlando, but uh, you know, he said, if I do well and I like this and then offers come in um, and, and there's opportunities, then of course I'll assess those at the time, but I don't think he wants to put the cart before the horse. I think this is really, again, an opportunity for him to, to test it out, to see if he likes the coach, and Landon never does anything for very long if he's not happy. I mean, that's why he walked away from soccer. It wasn't fun for him anymore. He, he could have played a few extra years. I think he was only 32 when he retired the first time in 2014. And again, he's, he's come back a number of times. So uh, it's one of those things where he, he's going to see if, he, if he's any good at it, if he likes it. And then, it, you know, if he does and if he's successful and there's a chance for him to do it somewhere else, maybe when his kids are a bit older, you know, you never know how those things work out. Um, but I think for, for now, he's really not looking past 
what he has in front of him. And, and he pointed out that he was the same way as a player. You know, he wasn't a guy that was always looking for the next opportunity. He, he really kind of was happy where he was and wanted to do the best in, in, in what, what, whatever team he was. He wasn't always looking to, to move clubs or to move up. And we know that because, again, if, if, if he had wanted to, you know, Landon could have had a long and successful career at, uh, at any number of great clubs. I mean, I, you know, I, I joke with, with my son. I was explaining to my, my eight-year-old son who Landon Donovan was, and I said he was Christian Pulisic before Christian Pulisic, and there's no reason that that, that Landon couldn't have had the same sort of success that we're seeing uh, young Pulisic having over at Chelsea. So uh, he's a fascinating character. He's a great guy. He's uh, a credit to U.S. soccer and, and a great representative of the sport. Um, and uh, and again, you know, I could see him, I could see him going places as a coach, and I could also see him stepping away in six months. And, and he said this. And he said the nice thing about being a co-owner is that. You know, there's no pressure on him, really. Like, it's not like a normal coach where he has to win the game on Saturday. He he can prioritize the development of players. Of course, he's going to try to win, um, but he's not going to make the sorts of decisions that a coach that's under pressure for his job would make. Whether that's you know playing a player that's injured or, or putting pressure on on someone or not playing a young promising player and potentially stunt, stunting their development. Um, you know, just so you can put a veteran in that, that, you know, maybe has a better chance to head in a goal off a set piece or something like that. So I think he's going about it the right way. And, uh, you know, he said, if I'm not successful at it, I'll walk away and I'll, you know, he'll be happy just to do, um, just to do the, the stuff on the administrative side. And also, I mean, a big part of it is, is, you know, his name. I mean, I don't think he, he's certainly not naive. Len is an exceptionally bright person and he knows his sort of stature. He knows that. You know, by being the coach of this team, guys are going to want to come and play for him. That's already happened. He said that players have taken less money to, to be with him, but there's also some pressure with that because, you know, a player that's taking less money to go play for Landon Donovan is banking on, on, on Donovan making him a better player and getting him to the next level. So, again, I really I don't have a great sense of how this is going to shake out. You never know with this guy, um, but it's sure going to be fun to watch. Doug, last question for me. Uh, for us in San Diego, what kind of team do you think we're going to see? What, what's the style that Landon Donovan's going to bring as a manager for SD Loyal? I saw in the story he called himself more Sir Alex Ferguson than Jurgen Klopp. What does that mean? Well, he didn't exactly say that, and I, the reason I'll, I'll just push back a little bit. He said, whatever you do, don't compare me to Alex Ferguson. So <laughs> I'm not comparing Landon Donovan to, to Alex Ferguson, arguably the the greatest uh, coach of all time, the, the Manchester United legend that they retired about six years ago. Um, in terms of his coaching style, it's more like uh, an approach like Sir Alex, where he's a bit more going to stand back, let his assistant run the show, and kind of you know jump in with corrections on specific things where he needs to. He wants you know look, he'll sit back, look at the body language of, of players, look at their form, look at their fitness. Those sorts of things, as opposed to someone like Jurgen Klopp, the, the great Liverpool coach, or Pep Guardiola, who we also mentioned. If you watch training sessions that those, those guys do, and there's a ton of them with Guardiola in particular, uh, a lot like Bob Bradley up the streets uh, from you guys in LAFC, right in the middle of training sessions, in the thick of it, giving instructions. Landon's not, he doesn't have that personality. He, he never has. But I did ask him what his playing style would be like. And he kind of he, he kind of dodged the I don't want to say dodge, but he didn't answer the question directly. But what he what he said was, you know, he wants to have a team that plays attacking soccer at home. You know, it, it, you're in the entertainment business. It, it's not good enough to um, you know to put 11 players behind the halfway line and defend, even if that's going to win you games. You know, especially at home, 
He wants to have a team that, that goes for it, that's dynamic. And he said that the tactics and the formations and things like that are going to be fluid. It's going to, it's going to depend. But as a baseline, he's going to have a team that, that wants to entertain the home fans, um, that people are going to be excited to come out and watch. And, uh, you know, the, the implication there is also that on the road, then, yes, probably a bit more organized, a bit more defensive-minded. Um, but, but that seems to be the approach he's taking uh, heading into the job. I like it. Sounds like a little bit of chaos here when they play at home. I'm looking forward to that. That should be fun. It should make all the headlines. I'm also just looking forward to the first time that SD Loyal takes on the Las Vegas Lights. Now, Doug, am I just imagining that there's a little bit of tension or friction between Eric Winalda and Landon Donovan? I'm not sure. You guys might know, know better than I do. I mean, I'm, I'm on the opposite coast from you guys. <laughs> Uh, I'm not, you know, Eric has, Eric's an interesting character and he has friction. There's a lot of people have friction with Eric. I've always kind of gotten along fine with Eric. Um, he, he's a character. He's a bit crazy. I don't think that that's unfair <laughs> to say. Um, but, uh, you know, not a bad guy and, and, uh, and certainly a, an interesting, an interesting guy. And it'll be, it'll be curious to see, see that game. I, I again, I talked to Todd Donovan for the story. He's the GM up in, in Sacramento, the team that's going to make the, the lead to MLS in a few years. And I'm interested to see the, that matchup because they're still going to be in USL for for the next the next couple seasons before they make the leap up to the top level. And uh, and Donovan said that uh, that Landon's already talking some smack. They're they're very close friends. They were teammates for 11 years uh, in San Jose and LA. And um and and there's also already a bit of trash talk there. So I think those matches will be pretty interesting as well. Hey, Doug, great job. Really enjoyed it. I recommend everybody find Doug on Twitter. If you haven't already, buy Doug McIntyre. Find what he wrote, the -the behind-the-scenes look at Landon Donovan becoming the manager of USL here in San Diego with SD Loyal. I find that at yahoosports.com. Doug, on short notice, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank you very much. Anytime, gentlemen. Our thanks to Doug McIntyre for joining the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Really good behind-the-scenes there, and we recommend people going to Yahoo Sports, checking out that story, and... uh, I don't know, maybe we'll feel like you sat down with Landon Donovan and had a nice glass of scotch yourself. I like it, too. I like that he gave us some of the stuff that didn't make the story. Yeah, we got even more. And I like that he told you that it didn't make the story. It's like, uh-huh. by the way, this is super this secret This is exclusive, stuff. unnamed soccer podcast content. Yeah, so we have, uh, <laughs> I feel like we're, we've checked a lot of boxes with SD Loyal now. We have a name, colors, a crest, an owner, stadium. We have a head coach. Right. Like, we've checked all those boxes uh, schedule gets released next month. Heck, they've already dropped pricing Price. based on, on fans going, wait a second here. We, we did a little, little much for us here in this supporter section. Why don't we drop it a little bit? Shout out to the locals and shout out to SD Loyal for listening. That's what a supporters group is all about right there. There it is. First Looking example of that relationship right there. So uh, season ticket prices are out. Um, and then based on last year, that's when they announced the schedule for 2019. They announced it in mid-December. Okay. So if they follow that same timeline, we would get the 2020 schedule next month. I so like that it. is uh, still to be determined. And also, we still need to find out what the jerseys are going to look like. Yeah, I want the gear. You want the gear? I'm ready for gear. You want the merch? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to not be impatient, but I'm looking forward to gear. Yeah, well, you have some gear. You have a hat. You have some shirts, some pins, some magnets. You've got some swag. Got some gear. Right about that. Swag. Don't have a tattoo, but I know they're, those are already in the works. So, And coming up this Sunday, Jordan, we might have a, a new USL champion. Yes. Either uh, Louisville City or Real Monarchs. Did you watch the end of the Louisville City game? They scored an equalizer in the 94th minute to go to extra time, where they then scored two more to eliminate Indy 11 and win the Eastern Conference for the third straight year. 
Did you see the chaos that was the end of that match? It was just it was wild. So they're just going to win the USL championship again? Is that is that the takeaway? Yeah. Over Real Mar- uh, Monarchs? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Well, that's going to be on ESPN year. two, by the way, four thirty p.m. on Sunday. Very so, nice. Head to head with the NFL, but what are you going to do? I mean, you know, at least it's you? wrapping up. Plus, NFL. Let's be honest. NFL Sunday, the best time for the NFL is between noon and one. Everything else, whatever. Yeah, true. So MLS Cup over the weekend, Seattle Sounders won. Did you watch? I speaking watched of, um, uh, Speaking I was, of going against the NFL. I was at a wedding in Washington, D.C., so I watched what I could. I had it on. It was easy to find it in the hotel because it was on ABC, which was very nice. Got it. I was happy to see Seattle. Seattle, Seattle's been a little bit of a, uh, and I afterthought, not the right word, but Seattle was the standard. It still, to a certain extent, is the standard for Major League Soccer. But hey, look at this shiny new object, LAFC. Hey, look at this shiny new object, Atlanta United. And it was nice to see Seattle on a national stage with 70,000 people. By the way, the record for most people in that stadium for any event, any event, they share that stadium with the Seahawks, but for any event, and there's some you know college games that go there from time to time, which I thought was great. So uh, over 70,000 in the stadium, nice to see it. I, I've always been, I think Seattle is really, it's been very, very good for the league to watch the Sounders fans do it, what they do. So they're very good at it. So again, it's been easy to get distracted by the new stuff happening on either one of these coasts. But I was I was happy for Seattle. I've always yeah. liked them. Sounders, a uh, very important franchise for Major League Soccer. So they win MLS Cup for the second time. The first time ever was in 2016. They get their second star. They win it again in 2019. So you bring up how many people showed up to that event. They also put out the ticket, the resale ticket prices for MLS Cup. And this is for all sporting events in Seattle at that stadium. Uh, the most expensive, on average, resale ticket, and this is, goes by like SeatGeek or some website like that, the most expensive game in that stadium was the 2014 NFC Championship game between San Francisco and Seattle. $628 a ticket for the NFC Championship game. Number two on the list, another NFC Championship game the year following. And then number three, the 2019 MLS Cup. Hmm. $517 the average resale ticket price for MLS Cup in Seattle. So I thought that about is it. crazy. It's a huge number. And you think about it, like, is it fair? Like, the home team wins again, Darren. The home team won again in MLS Cup. Is it fair that the there's an actual home side? Or should it be like the Super Bowl, where you get to play at a neutral site? No, we're, we're not, not there. ready for that. We're not there with this sport. <laughs> not Let's ready. not get ahead of ourselves. This is the, It's very much the ambiance and atmosphere in Seattle at Quest Field or whatever it's called. That was very, it looked fantastic on television. That is more important to the league right now yes. than having the neutral site. So, yeah, where are you going to go? Atmosphere like, go in... play in Orlando and have 12,000 people show up? No, mm. you don't want to do that. Seattle, a great atmosphere this year. Atlanta had it in 2018, obviously an amazing atmosphere. Toronto in 2017, a great atmosphere. The last time that a club in MLS Cup was a road team and actually pulled the upset in regulation time was 2015. Portland. Beat Columbus in Columbus. Managed by Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter. Congratulations. Who's on the hot seat Friday night against Canada. What if the U.S. lose to Canada again? Well, uh, the power brokers at the U.S. Soccer Federation have said he's not in any danger of losing his job. Mm. 
So that's either well, that's to be believed or that is. I also liked our, our newest addition. Speaking about new additions on this podcast, Serginio Dest. I like that he came out and was like, dude, that's not going to happen again. <laughs> I was like, oh, Serginio, you, you just started playing for the yeah. U.S. men's national team. You're, you're, you just got here. You don't know the levels of disappointment associated with this national team. I pray to God you're right. I really do. I hope you're right. I love you. I was thrilled when you decided to play for the U.S. men's national team, but I just loved it. He was like, yeah. I wasn't on that team, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> that was great. I hope he's right. Yeah. I really hope. What if they lose again to Canada? Oh, my gosh. Um, Zlatan is done with Major League Soccer. Hey, we were there. We were there for the first match he ever played, the first two goals that he ever scored. It came right at us. We were sitting right in that section. Sad to see him go. I know he scored a bunch of goals. He provided a lot of uh, individual excitement and joy for soccer fans all across the world. They never... They never really went anywhere. They didn't make the playoffs one year. They got eliminated by their arch rivals the next. But uh, he was great to watch. There's no doubt about it. He was a highlight reel, which is exactly what Major League Soccer wanted. This is a uh, We live in a highlight generation, Darren. So if he can make Major League Soccer get thrown into that highlight cycle, he did his job. If The fact that he didn't win MLS Cup on his resume, I I think Zlatan's going to be okay. I think he's going to sleep just fine knowing he didn't win MLS Cup. But he brought a lot of highlights, a lot of moments. You bring up the moment we were at. We were there actually in person. But just you could think about it. And he says that he made LAFC famous, which obviously he's joking. But mm. think of their biggest moments. I mean, Zlatan really is a part of a lot of the biggest moments for LAFC. So I came, I saw, I conquered. Thank you, LA Galaxy, for making me feel alive again. To the Galaxy fans, you wanted Zlatan, I gave you Zlatan. You're welcome. The story continues. Now go back to watching baseball. <laughs> It's weird. He didn't say go back to watching the Chargers in L.A. He said go back to watching baseball. Go back to watching baseball. Hmm. Okay. Well, Zlatan is done. I thought it was, uh, I'm glad he came to Major League Soccer. I'm not one of the guys that is mad that he came and will say, well, you didn't even win an MLS Cup. Sucker. He doesn't care. He gave you highlights. A lot of great highlights. He gave you highlights. He gave you memories. Then also, he was really good with the media. He was willing to go to Sports Center all the time. He was showing up doing stuff on ESPN set. So I think Zlatan was good for the league overall. All right. Got any other quick hitters here? Uh, You want to say congrats to Liverpool? 3-1 over City? Uh, Yeah, congratulations. Man, what happened to Club Tijuana against Monterey? They got crushed. They do. Now they're basically in uh, have to win. And hope Monterey loses against Atlas yeah. in order to qualify for the Gia. There's no other real avenue for that. Yeah, everything changed after that loss. That 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 last match and the loss was uh, draw didn't even really help them because now there are two clubs right behind them only by a point. So they were in a spot, and now they're playing even some would argue a more difficult opponent, and they need an even better result this time around. So not great for Club T1. I really wanted to get down to TJ to record a podcast with our new fun equipment from a Legia match. But I don't know if that's going to be possible. So well, we'll see. Uh, we have one more regular season match. We do. If you want to go down, Leon on that Friday night, 22nd. So. I have a broadcast to Darren. Oh. Work. Got to work. Sucks. I know, man. I hear you, man. I'm excited to announce that broadcast, but I can't do it yet. Today's announcement, I guess, is just for the baby. Got it. Got it. Anything else you want to get to? Uh, Doug really. was really good. Doug is great. Doug, Doug's dialed in. Doug might uh, appear on the radio a little later today. Really? That's how good Doug was, yeah. Like you're going to turn it around or you're going to invite him to come Maybe, back? Maybe, but then i got to explain how all this stuff works. So what is, We'll see what happens. Okay. You guys should just invite him back on. Make him do the interview again. Yeah. Well, we'll have Marty call. We'll have Marty Caswell call and be like, hey, Doug, it's Marty from Extra 1360 out in San Diego. Do you got a couple of minutes to come on the radio? 
And then she'll be like, oh, you're on with Darren Smith. I'll be like, wait a minute. Why did I just talk to him like two hours ago? Yeah, that clown. What changed? <laughs> Maybe we can do that. All right. We got to thank our Giving sponsors. Giving Liverpool the, uh, the title? Over? No. No? No. Injuries and other stuff. Like, I'm not rooting for it, but it's... Do you have any idea what a handball is? Not anymore. None. <laughs> Replay has ruined sports. <laughs> it's just... I'm not. I, I don't Football, feel like City got cheated soccer. out of this. I just am so confused as a fan because I watched it, especially the first one. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool's fantastic. They've lost what one time in 52, 53. Liverpool, Premier I thought League was matches. the better side. They're the better side. How good was that atmosphere? I replayed and rewatched the player introduction into Anfield with the supporters singing and the broadcasters all, as always, doing an amazing job on NBC, just sitting out and let. Letting the stadium kind of speak for itself. I rewatched that intro three, four times. It Anfield was rocking. Yeah. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. I did appreciate Pep at the end with the refs. It was so sarcastic and snarky. It was hilarious. After Thank you, great. That was fantastic. After waving the two in their face. <laughs> He's so snarky. Oh my gosh. Please come back to Spain. Yeah, Barca. That's Please. your guy. Byron's begging him to come back. Why would he go back there? He wouldn't. I don't know. Give thanks to Sport Clips. Thank you, Sport Clips. Thank you for the uh, outstanding work that you did, raising money for veterans, and as always, providing fantastic haircuts and haircutting experience. Download the app today. You should subscribe to this podcast in a million different places. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it at iHeart. You can find it at Stitcher, at Google Play. So we're making it available in as many places as possible. And thank you to Three Punk Ales. Yes. Go drink a Golsh. Peace.